Welcome to the latest edition of our Fixed Interest podcast series. I'm Stephen Schwartz, Head of Asia-Pacific Sovereign Ratings at Fitch. Today I'm joined by Thomas Ruckmacher, a Director and Lead Analyst for Indonesia on our Asia-Pacific Sovereign team. We recently affirmed Indonesia's Triple B rating with a stable outlook, notwithstanding the credit challenges posed by the coronavirus. Thomas, what's the latest on the coronavirus outbreak in Indonesia? Thank you, Steve. Well, as of mid-August, the outbreak in Indonesia uh, has not yet been contained. Uh, the number of cases, of new cases, is still increasing gradually. And in the first uh, two weeks of August, the number of new cases uh, per day averaged around 2,000. So the authorities have imposed social distancing measures uh, since the end of March. Uh, those are mostly uh, imposed at the regional level. And these measures have been relaxed in most parts of the country, given the large impact on daily life and on the economy. So with that, what kind of impact are we expecting on the economy and how do you see Indonesia's growth this year and next? Yeah, the economic impact is quite severe, not just from the social distancing measures that I just mentioned, uh, but also from a drop in, uh, in foreign tourism receipts and a fall in commodity prices in April. Now, the fall in commodity prices proved to be temporary for most of the commodities that Indonesia exports, and it, in terms of trade, it is improving again. But to illustrate the impact, in the second quarter of 2020, the contraction was 5.3% year on year. And we expect a contraction by 2% for the full year and a rebound by 6.6% in 2021, which is a high number, but that's largely due to a low, low base effect. Okay, now despite that ongoing economic contraction, we still affirmed the rating. Uh, what are the main drivers behind that decision? Yes, it's not just growth. Also, other uh, credit metrics have deteriorated, including the fiscal metrics. Uh, but it's important to, uh, to note that sovereigns went into this crisis uh, quite differently. Some sovereigns had larger buffers than others, and um, yeah, some sovereigns had stronger policy track records than others. And Indonesia had some buffers. Its general government's debt level was uh, significantly lower than that of peers, and also the reserve, foreign exchange reserve buffers of Bank Indonesia were rebuilt after the, the market turmoil of 2018. Okay, now in addition though, um, the authorities actually have been quite proactive in their fiscal and monetary responses, although the latter has been somewhat controversial. How do you see that? Can you elaborate on those policies? Yes, the authorities have uh, implemented both conventional and uh, rather unconventional policies. Bank Indonesia has provided liquidity to the banking system, got its policy rates by uh, a total of 100 basis points since February. The government has re responded uh, quite swiftly uh, to the crisis with a broad range of relief measures uh, to support uh, households and companies, including SMEs. But uh, there were also some unconventional measures, as you mentioned. A self-imposed budget deficit ceiling of 3% of GDP has been suspended until 2023. And there's debt monetization in the sense that the authorities agreed a burden-sharing scheme in which Bank Indonesia purchases uh, government bonds in the primary markets and bears part of the interest costs of additional debt issuance. 
this will help reduce the government's direct interest costs, which is important uh, because of the low revenue ratio. And it's unlikely to generate inflationary pressure this year, given the environment of demand compression. The authorities have indicated the debt monetization will be a one-off measure this year. At the same time, it does raise some questions about Indonesia's policy approach over the medium term. If it were to occur repeatedly beyond this year, it would raise the potential for government interference in monetary policy making and could undermine investor confidence that way. Okay. Uh, lastly, Thomas, what about Indonesia's longer-term growth prospects? Have they continued to make progress in improving the business climate? Yeah, there are two aspects to this question. One issue is relevant for all, all sovereigns that we rate, and that's basically the question how economic growth is going to be affected in the longer term by the pandemic, basically what the, the longer-term impact will be of the higher unemployment and, and weaker investments during this period. But another issue is to what extent transformative reforms can be implemented during the crisis. And the government's focus has been on the crisis at hand in recent months, understandably, but it seems to continue to press ahead with its structural reform efforts as well. Parliament is discussing an omnibus law on job creation, which has the potential to simplify the regulatory framework and, for instance, ensure greater labor market flexibility. So it has potential to lift growth and FDI. The impact depends in the end on the details in the final law and on the implementation. Okay, thank you, Thomas, for sharing those thoughts on Indonesia with our audience. For listeners who are keen to hear more about how Indonesia is coping with the coronavirus, please watch the replay of our Fitch on Indonesia webinar now available on the events page of our website at fitchratings.com. At the webinar, you can see Indonesia's Minister of Finance sharing her perspectives in an exclusive interview and hear investor views on Indonesia's macroeconomic and banking outlook. In the meantime, thanks again for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next edition of Fixed Interests.